Welcome back to the Life and Digital podcast. On this week's episode, Ed chats with Peter Sisko, CEO and founder of White Bullet, a software company which sits at the intersection of content protection and brand safety. Whether you work for a brand, publisher, agency, or have any involvement with the world of online advertising, this week's episode promises to provide you with some interesting insight into the murky world of digital piracy and what companies need to do to protect their IP and ensure their brand is safe online. I hope you'll enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Life and Digital podcast series. I'm really excited today to be joined by Peter Sisko from White Bullet. Peter, first up, thanks, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Great, thanks. Good to be with you, Ed. Thank you. And, and hopping right in, it would be it'd be great if you could tell me about. Um, actually, interesting. You, I'm always fascinated to find out how how startups um, come about. So your your background and a bit about White Bullet would be great to learn. <laughs> sure. Um, to brace yourself, my background. I'm actually a lawyer. Um, I'm an okay. property lawyer. So uh, my background is tech tech and media law, digital media. Um, worked for several years in private practice, um, mostly working to defend copyright infringement. And yeah. um, to your point, I specialized specifically then in copyright and then spent several years as an in-house lawyer uh, working for NBC Universal to protect against uh, piracy, against their movies and TV shows and so on. So that's how I got into this whole piracy and uh, digital area. Fascinating. And then from IP and, and content and lawyer to, to, to founder, how did that, how did that come about? Well, I think uh, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, um, even when I was working in a law firm, uh, which you know wouldn't necessarily come across as a very entrepreneurial place. It was a small London office of a big regulatory firm and had a very entrepreneurial vibe. So I was always encouraged to sort of build the client base, look at opportunities, see what's interesting in you in the, in the legal area. So I think it was always out of interest and sort of interject, were NBC a client or did that come around in a... Actually, yeah, they were. Um, the general counsel of NBCU was really enthusiastic uh, to sign up for services because it's the idea was to create something that NBCU could use as well yeah. as others. So I had a lot of support and, um, and yes, they were a client and still are. Okay, good, good stuff. So sorry, I interject. So, so the entrepreneurial spirit was there and I guess spotted a, spotted a gap in the, in the market. Yes, exactly. And, um, and so it didn't take long for sort of me uh, to, to gather a few co-founders together and say, look, there's an opportunity here. Let's do something about it uh, because nobody can figure this out. So let's be the ones to do that. And uh, it's been a pretty fun journey. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what was and what is the gap in the market? It'd be great to hear a bit about what White Bullet and what, what the company does. Sure. Yeah. So we sit at this uh, really nice intersection between anti-piracy uh, in other words, protecting uh, against um, pirated content online and mm -hmm. also brand safety. So what we sought to create and have built and create over the, created over the years is a technology to identify and detect pirate websites and apps, uh, yeah. score them using uh, AI or risk scoring, and then to track how they're getting funded and by whom through digital advertising. And that allows us to create um, really a, a massive database. We've got something like 2 billion websites and apps stored and it's growing every day because every time a website's created, every time an app is submitted, we're out there analyzing it in real time, scoring it, and then looking to see is it funded by advertising. So we pick up anything pirate 
anything mm -hmm. that is offering unauthorized games, software, TV shows, music, um, uh, films, and so on, anything that is a digital pirate um, platform. Uh, and uh, through the risk scoring, we're constantly monitoring it so we can see whether it changes, whether it stops being pirate, whether it gets worse, uh, what kind of piracy is involved. And then through the ad tracking, we're able to see how much money they're making, who they're making that money from. Is it brands that are funding it through ads you know, inadvertently? Is it sort of malicious malware, et cetera, that's, uh, that's being placed on these sites and so on. So the hole in the market that you mentioned was that uh, there was a need for defunding of piracy. Yeah. You can go after websites and apps and say, hey, don't do this, take down the content. And it's really a game of whack-a-mole. You're constantly removing stuff, stuff's getting put up and so on. So what we chose to do, which has been really powerful, is to say, let's just take the money away. The only reason these platforms exist is to make money. They're offering content for free uh, in most cases, and they're supporting it through digital advertising. So if you turn off that ad advertising revenue, then you're really damaging piracy. So we uh, needed to do that because nobody else had one capability technically to monitor at such scale and be able to keep monitoring and mm -hmm. a really dynamic ecosystem. Um, and secondly, you know, somebody has to be the keeper of that process. And you know, if you take sort of Hollywood studios or the, the, the TV shows or the sports industry, getting everybody together to try and agree what is infringing, what isn't, uh, how to track it, how often to track it, it's, it's a nightmare. So um, that's our role and um, we've been very successful. In and I'm, uh, yeah, it sounds amazing actually. I imagine as um, someone who's not super familiar with, 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 with that world, um, for, the, for, the, for the rights owners, the content owners, uh, how hard is it to actually get their content removed from sites? And that must sounds to be just very manual if you think about, you know, how many, how many um, you know, pirate sites are out there. Yeah, how tough is that for, for, for an NBC as an example to, to stop people using that content? It's super tough and it's tough for two reasons. The first reason is there's a split in the piracy world, right? Mm -hmm. You've got piracy that is really structured and systematic. These are yeah. bad guys. Why would they ever remove the content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them? You don't know where they are, who they are. Yeah. So that nothing ever works there. And then you've got the other side of piracy, which is your websites that are, you know, allowing uploads. And you know, it's really incidental. Their business model isn't to pirate. Their business model is to allow people to put content up and they've got As a model. Yeah. yeah. Quite easy to have the content removed. But then yeah. the second part, as I said, is <laughs> you could spend a lot of time just removing content from those platforms. And then it gets back, put back up again. And then it gets out of fast and it gets yeah. removed. Yeah. yeah. So it, overall, it's, uh, it's either very, very difficult to get it removed at all, or if you can get it removed, you're just chasing the tail the whole time. Yeah, I imagine. So how, how does the tech help with that piece? Well, we're not actually out there removing uh, any content. So what we're doing is saying, look, the content can be there. Let's just turn the money flow off. Because as mm. soon as the pirate site doesn't have digital advertising, for example, then yeah. it doesn't make money. If it doesn't make money, it's got to offer that platform. It's got to, you know, it's got costs for uh, bandwidth. It's got costs for yeah. a platform, et cetera. But if they're not making money or they're making less money, then it becomes not worth it. And that, yeah. that's the, the process we're, we're involved in. The defunded piece, I, I understand. And how much do you think media spend is being diverted to um, ad-funded piracy? A lot, actually, um, and a lot more than people think. 
Um, we've been looking at some studies in um, ad exchanges and we're seeing something coming close to six to eight percent of uh, ad re bid requests are being made on pirate sites. Wow, um, yeah, it is huge. Um, of the stuff that we're looking at in certain markets, it's, it can be as high as that. Uh, the second thing is, you know, doing calculations now that we can do because we're sitting there really monitoring the advertising and how much it's worth. It's about mm. over a billion pounds worth of digital ad money annually going to pirate sites and apps. Wow. That's really insane. Yeah, it's insane. Um, what, 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 um, what regions and geographies can you track across and um, operate in? Well, the neat thing about the tech is that we can do it anywhere and everywhere. So um, most of the time we focus our attention where our clients have the most interest or where, of course, the ad spend is the highest. Yes. So you're focusing on countries where there's a sophisticated digital ad market um, mm -hmm. or where there's a lot of interest in, in tackling piracy. But actually our tech can work everywhere, including the smallest islands. Uh, in the world because you can uh, track it and, and scrape from uh, servers anywhere. And that's what we do to try and maximize our scope. That's really cool. And I'm guessing ad piracy happens predominantly in a programmatic environment, just thinking about how media is booked. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of direct buying of ad space on websites and apps, including on pirate sites, but most pirate sites, nearly, set, uh, nearly 80% of pirate sites are yeah. currently using programmatic uh, advertising. Basically, that means that algorithms are saying, here's an ad space, let's fill it with an ad and mm -hmm. try and tailor it, match it up with automated systems. Um, so that tech can be easily manipulated mm -hmm. uh, and that tech equally can also be easily fixed using tech like ours. So it um, it, it's a big problem, but equally there is a solution. So how do you integrate in a, in a, in a real-time um, environment? Yeah, so great question. Our tech is out there looking for piracy and scoring it, so we know at any given time which website and which app is risky, and we grade that risk. And what we do is we provide those risk scores direct into the digital ad or the programmatic ad ecosystem. So yeah. recently we just launched uh, uh, some great platform opportunities, uh, so we're super excited about that. And that allows advertisers to switch us on and as they're placing bids for ad space to say, hey, I want to be there in front of this audience or on this website or on this app, uh, they, as they switch us on, we can say, hang on a minute, it's risky, don't go there. Uh, so we can block the ads. And that, that's a huge advance in uh, technology, but also a huge advance in, in, in stopping ads going to pirate sites because it's easy and uh, it's pretty fast. You, we return a response between two and uh, within two or 10 milliseconds, depending on the... Uh, um, latency of the server so it's pretty yeah. pretty fast and and, and in, in the bidding tool be it dsp ssp exchange absolutely it would be any any of the buying platforms at any point or, or yeah. indeed the the data management platforms that work with those um, 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 technologies yeah cool so that leads me nicely into my next question so who, who are your if you're sort of grouping your customers together who, who are your customers and how how do you help them all in you know in in, in that process well, given the scope of what we do, we've got three buckets of customers. Yeah. So, you know, we talked there about the ad tech space. So DSPs, ad exchanges are buying data from us because they want to know, tell me what's pirate so I can just not bid on it and take it out of the equation. Mm -hmm. The second bunch of uh, or grouping is uh, brands. So the advertisers themselves, many of them are saying, are waking up to the idea that actually brand safety for them is a bit more granular. 
uh, they've got the issue of brand suitability. It might be safe, but actually, do I really want to be placing my product or my ad there? And as a result, we've seen a real interest in brands coming to us saying, can you tell me if my ads are running on pirate sites or apps? Because I want to know, because it's just an area I don't think we should be supporting because they're criminals and also, <laughs> um, uh, also it's just not good for the brand. So, yeah. um, so from our perspective, that's a very interesting and growing area as well, essentially auditing the ad misplacement. And then the third bucket is working directly with perhaps the obvious uh, groupings, the IP owners. So mm. uh, Hollywood studios, sports industry, and so on, who are saying, actually, your tech is telling us really fast which sites and apps are bad, which is helping them understand where to target enforcement. So we also work with the police. We also work with um, trade associations. But also we can tell them how much money the pirates are making and also the effect of their actions. So if they're taking actions and removing content or removing uh, sites altogether, we can then say how much money has been saved or how much advertising has been blocked. So we can um, we can really help them understand the impact of enforcement. Yeah, yeah, that's really, I'm, I'm, not to put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing in a world which is becoming digitalized more and more and more, I think about how much streaming we do, I'm right. guessing this isn't a situation which is getting better at the moment. Well, uh, you know, as, as, as much as the last year or two has been awful, um, we have all been at home on our laptops and mobile devices more and more. Um, mm. There has been a, something like a 50% uptick in use of pirate sites and apps since yeah. the beginning of the lockdowns. It's, it's kind of understandable, more people online, more people trying to, perhaps people having more time um, and spending time looking for content that they otherwise wouldn't necessarily be doing. Um, so we've seen piracy going up, but we've also seen some really interesting things happening in the ad space. So although there was a big fall in digital ad spend right at the beginning of uh, all of the lockdowns back into early 2020, um, yeah. partly because companies were, were just not spending the money um, due to some of the shocks, economic shocks, but then we saw a big uptick again towards the end of last year. And now, you know, digital ad spends like booming um, yeah. so pirate sites, more popular advertising booming. It's sort of the worst combination in terms of funding piracy. So, so we're pretty busy. Yeah, I can imagine you are. And actually what a unique position to, um, to be able to track ad spend in, the, in, in that way. And um, that very yeah. much is it. There's nobody else doing it. So um, we're, we're excited to be the, um, the leaders and innovators. Yeah, and what, what do you think the future is um, for White Bullet? What, where, if you were fast forwarding you know, three to five years, where, where do you think piracy or stopping ad funded piracy will be, be on, on, on the map and in the digital advertising ecosystem? Well, look, let's put it this way. Pirates are, pirates are very sophisticated. They're constantly outsmarting law enforcement and IP owners and some of the biggest yeah. media companies in the world. So piracy is never gonna, well, highly unlikely to be just sort of turned off overnight. But the goal here is to keep hammering away and reducing the impact and also essentially pushing it into the, the sort of uh, the, 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 the sort of egregious zone where you don't go to a pirate site and think it all looks good with lots of decent advertising from big brands, but actually the advertising is pretty dodgy, the experience isn't good, and ultimately people say, well, look, I'd rather be getting the content from the right place. So for us, um, that shift is already happening. We're seeing ad profiles change on pirate sites. We're seeing the ad revenue starting to fall in various projects we're doing with government bodies, the EU, the UK intellectual property office, and so on. And from our point of view, the, the future is, is pretty bright because as we make more impact, 
then we mm -hmm. can start doing more and more in different parts of the world. We can start tackling the sort of what we call the long tail of pirate sites that are sort of growing up the ranks. Yeah. And ultimately, there's a whole ecosystem out there and connected TV um, and and, uh, and uh, digital apps that that really in social media that needs to be addressed. So for us, that shift into the, um, the, the that app space, that connected TV and social space will be key. Um, piracy is pretty rife there, and also in um, in in chats and um, at WhatsApp and uh, WeChat, etc. There's a lot going on in uh, in terms of private chats that are you know sending uh, links around and, and pirate content. So I think there's a very exciting world for us. Um, unfortunately, it's not so good for the IP rights owners. The IP rights owners, yeah, I had that's amazing to consider actually the link sharing WhatsApp. And, and those sorts of platforms. And connected TV is an interesting point to go further into because we've seen just the, the, the rise and rise of it over the last, I don't know, three or four years in particular, um, and the last the last 18 months, absolutely. Um, are you able to integrate with the hardware owners? How, how does that work in like a connected TV um, environment? Well, that's something we're working on right now. And as, as IP pirate IPTV apps are becoming much more prevalent, that yeah. area is quite unknown and, and very non-transparent to rights owners. So we're opening that up. We're out there scraping something like 50 different app stores. I don't think people know that there are 50 different app stores and there's more, but I know one. <laughs> it's more than just the big two or three, right? Yeah. Um, and as we're finding these um, IPTV and TV streaming apps, we're able to then work with the um, platform providers to say, you know, make sure these ones are not necessarily in your system. Um, and that also help, we can then integrate with some of the ad tech parties that are placing ads in app to ensure that they're out there. So there's a bit of a combination of working with the hardware providers, software providers, and the, um, the app and CTV digital advertising um, mm. platforms. Yes, it's, a, it's an exciting time for ad tech. I think the industry's moved forwards a lot again in the last um, 12 months. And it's great to see um, you know, the, ne the next few themes emerging. And that's right. the brilliant thing about tech. There's always um, you know, the next generation and the next generation. Absolutely. What's your wish for the media industry? If you think about what, what, what the, you know, the ad funded uh, media industry needs, um, what, 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 would your, what would your wish for it be? So it's a really good question. Um, I think waking up. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is, and it's not necessarily just the ad industry, but a lot of the media industry, a lot of the tech industry runs before it can walk. Mm -hmm. And having a legal background, my mentality is always, how do you look at this new tech and understand how it fits in with the old legal regime or regulation? And I think what tends to happen is tech pushes the boundaries and the law catches up and so on and so on. And so from my perspective, you know, ad tech was taking uh, some really quite risky moves. It still is around mm -hmm. brand safety. And when you're looking at self-regulation uh, rather than outside regulation, then you sort of have to ensure that the, that the entities involved really understand the risk and wake up to the risk. Um, so I think given that nobody really wants over-regulation of the internet and so on for obvious reasons, mm -hmm. I think self-regulation has to be done with open eyes and a lot of transparency. And that will stop two things. That will stop crime and, and harm to consumers and, and legitimate businesses. Mm -hmm. But it will also allow that industry to keep growing unrestrained. As I said, nobody wants 
the industries to be regulated per se. They want them to self-regulate sensibly. So wake up. Yeah, and the tech is there. And the tech is there, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one last one. Uh, how aware do you think brands and CMOs are of on online piracy and, and that they're probably funding it? Well, uh, <laughs> another good question. Um, I, I think the awareness varies, to be honest. I think yeah. there are a lot of brands that work with agencies, that work with ad companies, mm -hmm. and they're very clear in their contracts that their brand needs to be protected at all time. But if you're looking at billions of ad impressions and views you know, annually for these brands and these products and these campaigns, nobody's going to be auditing all of that. Right. Yeah. And as a result, a lot falls through the cracks. And I think there's a general conception of, oh, well, we can allow, you know, a certain percentage of error. But the problem is that error can ruin a brand in no time due to misplacement and bad PR. But also those errors are funding criminals. If the mm. ads are going directly and payments are going to, to, to pirates and other, and other nefarious actors. So the reality is the awareness is probably there but it's never really dug into. And our job over the last couple of years has been to try and raise that awareness ourselves and also with various different regulatory authorities. Um, in terms of what happens next, that's a different question because trying to then say, well, now we're aware we've got to do something about it, that then almost falls into a different camp. It's probably not the CMO's decision. It's more the ad tech um, in, uh, affiliate or even legal compliance. So you've really got this dilemma of, people being aware and understanding and wanting the most out of their ad uh, budgets, but yeah. also the other side saying, well, hang on a minute, let's be, let's make sure we've got the transparency we need and also make sure that we're leading that compliance charge. So you've kind of got two, two parts uh, at work here. And I think it's important to point that out. Where, so, where, where brands are seen is, is, is important to them. And brands, and brands are so socially aware now. Um, yeah, that, that they see that and they don't want their customer base to associate them with, you know, with bad, bad things, um, mm. or alternatively with things that just are off brand or that they think might be risky. And piracy mm. is exactly that. You know, you've got a lot of consumers wanting to go to pirate sites because they want free content if they know it's wrong. But at the same time, the brand doesn't necessarily want to be supporting that. So I think and legitimizing it really. And absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, I've really enjoyed that. Um, it's, 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 been, it's, been, it's been it's been it's been great, great to learn about. And um, yeah, to me, it sounds just like an absolute no brainer to be part of a, a media buy because it's really, really important stuff. Well, I think I think that last point is probably um, the, the, the best way to sum it up. Ed, if I'm really honest, we look at this as uh, almost like a negative differentiator, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you switch this on? Why yeah. would you want to fund piracy? Why would you want your ad spend going to criminals? And with just a flick of a button, you can deflect all of that. That okay. wasn't available before. It is now, you know, come on, do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good place to end. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Ed. Thank you, Peter. Really Thanks. appreciate your time. A big thank you to Ed and Peter for this week's episode. If you want to find out more about the work that White Fillet is doing, we will link to them in the show notes and via our website. We hope you will join us next month for another episode of A Life in Digital.